Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Tales with TR, now available on YouTube. Folks, my next guest is the stick that stirs the hit show Spittin' Chicklets, which, simply put, is the most popular hockey podcast on the planet. A graduate of Plymouth State University, he's been involved in hosting and producing sports radio and podcasts for a decade now, and since he visited Newfoundland a few years back, I'm proud to call him a close pal. Next month, we join forces once again in the ever-popular Chicklets Cup in beautiful Buffalo, New York. He is a passionate producer, a terrific teammate, a ballsy blogger, a grateful graduate, a cheerful Chicklet, a fine friend. Toronto has Austin, and this guy's from Boston. He knows a guy, Paul, and picked the Leafs to win it all. We'll show you what's up at the next Chicklets Cup. I'll join him and R.A. on their pod later today. He's had beers with my dad and is a Plymouth State grad. He sailed on the sea and saw an iceberg with me. We did a show and drank beer in Pittsburgh last year. We sold out, y'all. It was Carnegie Hall. Folks, if you love the Islanders, you dig John Tanelli. So please welcome Mike Grinnell. They call Let's him go. Grinelli. Let's go, TR. That's the best intro I ever heard. Well, you, you of all people deserve it, my friend. How the hell are you doing? What a busy summer for a guy who's supposed to take it off. Yeah, yeah, it's... uh been crazy uh especially the past couple weeks but excited for chicklets cup excited to uh get going for this hockey season it's gonna be a fun one 
speaking the last couple of weeks, what I love about it, I don't want to get into like what happened with Babcock. I don't want to dissect it all. But what I like is that your guys' credibility got tested because a lot of people, just because you like to make people laugh and entertain, they don't respect you guys. I'm an outshot. I'm under that umbrella as well. But I really notice it with you guys. And then, you know, sometimes when people are forced to listen, they say, oh, you know what? That's pretty fucking good. People were ready to throw biz to the wolves. Anyway, I'm happy. Do you notice you get a lot more credibility lately? Uh, yeah, it was tough, though. I mean, it, f- for years, we've broke news and reported stories, and no one's really ever given us credit. So mm-hmm. this was different because it's it's usually been me or RA breaking the news. So when, when Biz kind of steps up to the plate, I think it was uh, everyone knew it was like, oh, shit, this, this guy must be serious here because Biz doesn't usually do stuff like this. Yeah, totally. And uh, I, I just loved it because at first, a lot of people, I won't even mention them, these reporters that are so quick to throw people to the wolves, it was just three words, consider the source, consider the source. As then I'm like, who the fuck are you? These guys talk to more guys involved in the game and have better connections than you guys do. Like you say, it's a player's podcast for a fucking reason because, you know, again, I'm an ex-player, but people like us, players, current players and alumni, ah, we respect it and we dig it. And uh, there's a level of familiarity that's there with people that are, boots on the ground every day. Yeah, I think one thing people don't really realize is like we could break a lot of stories. We just choose not to. Like there's a lot of times where, you know, I'll just use this as an example. This didn't happen, but like when Austin Matthews signs his extension, Biz will jump on and be like, oh yeah, I knew three or four days ago he was signing that. And you're like, well, what? Like me and RA are like, why didn't you tell us? We could have broke the news. And he's like, no, we don't, we don't do that. That's not our thing. Like let, let someone else do that. So again, that's kind of why when Biz kind of, you know, put this out there and then when he doubled down, it was like, all right, this guy means business. This is, this is a serious report. And so, yeah, but there a ton of people always will discredit us and it's, you kind of just have to look past it and just keep laughing and, and uh, laugh our way to the bank. When you were so well said, when you were starting out, did you see any of this? Like what I want to know, MG, when you were growing up, I'm going to know you play. You're not bad at roller hockey. So like, were you wanting to be an athlete and then fell back or right from day one? Were you a, you know, a real fan of broadcasting journalists? And that's what you, you, I'm going to Plymouth state and I'm going to be in some form or another. I'm going to produce things and I'm going to be part of the media. Yeah. So it's funny. Um, so I wanted to do both. Obviously I wanted to be a professional athlete, just like every kid I wanted to play in the NHL. Uh, but when those dreams died at the end of high school, uh, it was, you know, what's next. And as a kid, I, I grew up always wanting to enter the world of broadcasting. My dad's best friend used to work at ESPN for years and years and years. And there would be times where he would, you know, take us to a game and he would bring us on the field at Fenway or into the locker room or something like that. And you'd be like, and my dad would be like, oh, well, this is work for him. And I'd be like, this is work. Like people can do this stuff for work. Cause (laughs) my dad grew up, like I grew up with my dad. Uh, he, he was very blue collar, worked in a, uh, like owned a HVAC uh, business. So I never wanted to do that. So like, seeing my dad's buddy who was, you know, in the locker room at Fenway Park or at the garden, it was like, okay, I want to enter this world of media. So when I went to Plymouth, I actually went to Plymouth to play lacrosse, which is a fun fact. Not many people know about me, but I went to Plymouth to play lacrosse and to get a a media degree. And Plymouth State, you know, for the American listeners out there, especially in the Northeast, they know it's 
I loved my time there. It's a great school. It's a, it's a fun school, but it's not the best academic school. Um, when I went there on my lacrosse visit, they, I was sold a bill of goods that, you know, they had this amazing journalism program and media, amazing media department. They didn't. So I think that ended up being the best thing in the world for me because I learned at an early age, I had to do it myself. And like, I learned the tricks and the trades of social media. And um, so I would just get internships. I would, I would get internships all over New England um, and, you know, at NBC Boston, at WEI and ESPN New Hampshire in particular. And yeah, it was just, uh, I, I just had to learn, 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 learn. I would always ask people for advice. Like there's, there's probably so many media members in Boston that if they go back through their emails, they can see like I would email all of these people and just I'd always I never ask for a job. I never ask. I just say I just ask for advice. I'd say, you know, I'd love to get a beer sometime huh. and just kind of talk about the industry and, you know, anything. And there were so many guys that that helped me. And um, yeah. And then after college, I uh, it's, it's funny, TR. After college, I. I was doing a, I was doing throughout college, I was doing a radio show uh, on ESPN New Hampshire. I went in my junior year of college for an internship interview. And basically, I was like, I went in, I was wearing a suit for the interview. Everyone else, all the other interns were, were not that dressed up. So I was like, oh God, I look like such a loser. And um, at the end of the interview, at the end of like the, the process, I was like, I am just like, I can, I am better than all of these guys. Like I know I'm better than these guys. So I just walked into the boss's office and I was like, man, like I can be an intern for you. Or I noticed that you guys have a huge lack in original programming on the weekends. Give me a radio show on the weekends. I'll crush it for you. I'll bring in a new younger uh, demographic and just, just like take a chance on me and I promise it will pay off. And wow. he was like, all right, done. So he, when I was a junior in college on ESPN radio, they gave me a, uh, I had a show every, it was every Sunday morning at like 9am. Um, so I did that for two years until I graduated. Uh, and which was tough cause 9am, 9am, you know, yeah, I was just going to say Saturday man, night. Yeah. You spend all set. I would go, I wouldn't sleep TR. That's the <laughs> thing. Cause I was in college. So I'd stay up all night. I'm pounding <laughs> Red Bulls cause I'd have to drive too. I'd have to drive an hour to the radio station. So me and my buddy, we would just stay up all night most of the time and then go do the show, which it was probably <laughs> so bad looking back on it. But at the end, when I graduated college, um, the, the boss that I originally told, I, I didn't want an internship and then I wanted, um, you know, I wanted to, to take over the weekend programming. He pulled me aside and I don't know where he heard this, but he's like, I heard, I heard through the grapevine that you can build websites. He's like, we want to re revamp our website. So, you know, we'll offer you a full-time job if you can, you know, build our website and kind of run our digital content department. I'm like, no problem. I'm an expert at building websites. I left, I went home and I Googled how to build a website. I had never built a website in my life. So it was, <laughs> so yeah. So wow. yeah, I built the website for them. They became a digital content manager and I worked there for a year or two until Chicklets came along. Incredible. Now I know, I should know that I, I knew that part from talking to you, not in such detail. And of all of it, what kills me is this fucking Sunday morning 
Oh man! <laughs> oh, for for all that that that's hard. That's that's work and dedication. At that age, being a college student, but you come out of it. I rem- I know the tweet that was sent and how Ra and Witter and you got involved. But before that, it would have been because you were blogging too, weren't you? Is that how you met Ra? No. So well, yeah, I was blogging on my own. I was uh, I was writing for ESPN New Hampshire, and mm-hmm. you know, working at Barstool was always a dream of mine. Being from the the Boston area, um, and Barstool you know, being created there. But, um, one day, uh, my boss came into my office at ESPN radio and was like, Hey man, like we were pretty close. And he was like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta be straight with you. Like I just got out of a meeting. Like I think we're selling the station in the next six months. So you should start looking for another job. So it just so happened like at the same time, like I would always just email like random first names, like Bob, John, Kyle at barstoolsports.com. I'd send them my resume hope I could hear from them. And um, so I, I basically jumped back on the grind and was like emailing everyone from Barstool trying to get in the door. And then Spit and Chicklets, um, you know, they they recorded episode one. Uh, I, I listened to it. I loved it. But I was like, this could sound better. This They don't have any social media. And I, at the time, RA had his email address in his Twitter bio. So I, uh, after they recorded episode one, I shot him an email and was just like, hey, like I can do all of this stuff for you. I'll quit my job tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I believe in this brand. I'll start social media for you guys. I can help sell merchandise. I have all this equipment. And RA just like responded and was like, you're hired. You start Thursday. Um, so I've been with him ever since. I quit my job and That's- yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been with him ever since. Unbelievable. Now, you grew up then in Boston. Were you hockey first? Baseball? Yeah. Fenway Park is the, my favorite place in the world to have a beer, by the way. I love it. Yeah, it's the best. But uh, uh, the I, I, grew up with, I grew up three brothers. Uh, my family vacations were spent, you know, going to Toronto, going to Montreal, um, hockey tournaments. So, like, I, I grew up in a hockey family. Um, you know, my dad was always coaching. Um, so yeah, Bruin season tickets. So yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I was definitely hockey first. Okay. Now, so you're hockey first. You're, you, you grew through the, 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 I don't think the Bruins have had an era that wasn't interesting. They might not win. I don't think they won in the eighties, did they? Or the nineties, but it was always interesting that Ray Bork would be there. There would be a reason to watch the Bruins. So first of all, all this, uh, everybody seems to have opinion on Marchand being captain. I, I honestly hate, like I'm an ex-player, and, and I say to people, I'm like, how can you speculate? Hey, there's one thing that I hate when people comment on that are just from the outside looking in, is how can you tell me you should be a captain in the room? I mean, I was a kid coming up. I loved Scott Thornton. He would talk to me. I don't think the public would have picked him to be a captain, but like... I was saying on the room, it's a lot different. You know, not that we didn't have good captains, but I'm like, you know, it's different for everybody. And you don't know how a room, he's still there. He wins. He's anyway, I can go into every reason that Brad Marchand will be a good captain. But what I want to know is that you actually grew up in Boston and I'm intrigued because they've had some great captains. So you look at Chara, Ray Bork, I think, I think Johnny Busick. I I don't think like Orr was ever captain. Johnny. So there's three. Right now you got Bergeron, but it wasn't for as long. Who would have been then the most popular, the most revered? You know, like you got Bork, I would think, but he. I'd say know, Bork. Cup here. Bork. I, I don't know if you remember, but when Bork won the cup with the Avalanche, they did mm-hmm. a parade in Boston for him. Okay, I didn't know that. 
Yeah. So when Bork won the cup with the Habs in in one oh two, they uh they held like a big thing at City Hall. They did the parade. They did everything. So it's that's kind of people say like that's what that was the the low point of Boston sports when we were putting on a parade for another <laughs> team winning a championship and it was all uphill from there. The Patriots oh, won, oh, the Red Sox my won. Goodness, was it ever? Yeah. So yeah, I'd say that. That's interesting. Um, what rules? I love, I love Marshy as the captain, though. I will say that, not to cut you off, but I, I think it's a great move. And to your point about not knowing the locker room, yeah, that's and that's something that, looking back, maybe before I did spit and chicklets, that's not, that's something I would have I would have probably been on the other side of that. But then, you know, once you talk to all these players and you really understand like how much a culture matters in a locker room and it's not always the best players who set the culture um uh, yeah it, it it definitely is insane when people who have no idea what's going on in the locker room yeah. say say that's kind of stuff like i get a bit of an opinion you can tell I, I get it with you know which oh is he going to be you know if it's lead by example will he be chirping and everything but i'm like that's just such outside fodder it's so lightweight like clearly, like I've never heard people play with him that didn't like him. It's not a you know like comparing it to say someone like Sean Avery, who's a, who's a parallel in many areas. But I'm like you know, there's no a. I still wouldn't question it if players voted him captain because there's a reason. But you know, with Marshawn, I'm just like the the obvious low hanging fruit is that he's a hard worker. I heard the hardest and loves Boston has won there, has played there this long. When it's things like that, I'm just like, who am I to say from Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, with my remote control, listening to people talk about it? I just and if I'm not qualified, then how is Harry exactly. McFarland exactly. from down the road, you know, who goes to work every day? It's just, it's nice to be a fan. And certain things, anything, systematically, you know, what you need, trades, I can see all that. But when it comes to leadership, you know, sometimes fans just got to keep their opinions to themselves. Agreed. Uh, your favorite. Okay, so I asked a, a few people to email in if they wanted to. And Jim from Carolina wants to know what your favorite sports jersey of all time is. I'm guessing it doesn't need to be hockey. He Ooh, says your favorite sports jersey. My favorite sports jersey of all time. That is rather tough. I I got to be honest. I love the Patriots throwbacks, the red, white, and blue Patriots throwbacks with Pat Patriot. Um, oh know, yeah, in the, three, in the three point stance. I think they're wearing them. They wore them last week, uh, but I just I love those jerseys. Um, because being from New England here, like we love our Pats too. So it's I got to go with the Pats jerseys. Interesting. I just saw on YouTube. Um, the history of the NFL logos. I've no, I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. It was really interesting. It just came no, up. I, you know, I just let it go. I think it was after one of your guys' um, what you videos. guys were talking about. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about something. It was a recent podcast. She had Chelios on, which was incredibly that was interesting. That was a fun one. It was. Um, what do you think? Is there any rule? Like what, what rule needs to be implemented or taken away? What do you think needs to change? Offsides about review. I hate it. I hate the offsides review. It's it, mm. like it just uh, we're, we're fully pulling. I don't want to say judgment calls out of the game, but I, it, there's a whole bigger conversation. I think that needs to be had where like these refs need to be. I think the refs need to be paid more. I think they need to be trained better because if mm. you pay these guys more, you can request 
more from them, essentially, yeah. right? Like, so the training to become an NHL rat, like people should want to become an NHL ref. Like you're seeing through the through the ranks that there's just no kids wanting to become refs anymore. So if you pay them a lot, it will be a desirable job. People will take it seriously. You can implement good training measures where they can make the correct call on the ice. So yeah, I just think these offsides reviews, it's just gone too far. Like when we're, when we're zooming in and it's like, you know, half an inch offsides and it was called a goal on the ice and it was 30, you know, two, two minutes before the goal even happened. It had no, it had nothing to do with the play. It's just, it's, I'm just done with it. It's horrible. I, and I like it's, it, no one was asking for that. That's the thing. I don't understand. No one was everything else. I could like, you might argue about the puck going over the boards from your own zone. If it yep. doesn't hit anything and you're thrown in the box or icing and where the face out, you can argue all that stuff. I just know, or, or, you know, that it was all brought up and, and, you know, you, whatever side of the argument you're on, it's controversial. I don't remember anybody talking about the offsides. There was one years ago. It was blatant. Um, you know, the guy was like seven feet off. Other than that, even as a player, I've never looked back. Even if I did know it was two inches offside, whatever. What are we talking about here? The guy that, put yeah, it that's, in the top that's, corner. that's the best testament there is like, do the players yeah. on the ice, like, do they, are, were they the ones asking for this? Cause it doesn't seem like they were. Cause what? I don't think they're going to give a shit if it's two inches, three inches offsides. Because the thing is, too, they're not going to see that zoomed in replay no. four or five times. You know, they're just like, oh, fuck, we got scored on. For me, if, yeah, if I go, you know, if I, especially if it happens and I think it might have been a little bit offsides, but a guy makes a nice move and puts it up under the bar, I'm like, it really had nothing to do with it. What a prick move to take that goal away and all the fans here and all the momentum. And sometimes the game stops for eight minutes, go get a popcorn, come back. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's slowing the game down. Especially if it's like a highlight real goal or like just, you know, a, a player's first NHL goal and it comes back. It's like, I've what seen the that. Fuck it's are brutal. We doing? Yeah, there's more and more every year. Uh, this comes from Keith in Sarnia, Ontario. Five years from now, where do you see chiclets? That is such a good question. Um, I, whew, I don't. You I don't guys know. seem to, you know, every year you you expand your universe and seem to like break a boundary or two. But knowing you guys, I, I don't think you often plan way ahead. Things things tend to happen, present themselves, and you jump on it. You're real opportunity. Yeah. You're creative, but you're very opportunistic. Yeah, I think you know, just continuing to grow as a brand as opposed to a podcast. I think that's one thing we've always said is we don't want to be looked at as a podcast. We want to be looked at as a brand. And, you know, whether that's adding shows like more shows like Chicklets Game Notes or it's, you know, doing more events like the Chicklets Cup or doing live broadcasting like the NYPD FDNY game. There's just so many different things that I think um, we can do to continue to grow this brand. But as a whole, I think in five years, hopefully we're we're still doing the same thing that we're doing now and we're still atop the hockey world doing the pod and doing all these different things. Like I said, Chicklets Cups, live shows, um, you know, all these different events to to grow the game as much Most as Most fun I've ever had at a live event, by the way, is 100% Pittsburgh. I did not see it going that way. And people don't, I, I said, people ask me when I got back because I mean, it went viral a thousand times and uh, anyway 
They asked me, I said, we honestly went to rehearsal that day. We still didn't even know what we were going to do. Can you remember that? We just, oh yeah, you know, it, it was just, uh, but that's, you guys are at your best. I was just uh, honored to be there. And then, you know, the beers and the crowd, I'm not sure they saw much like that at Carnegie Hall uh, too, too many times in the past. Yeah, I think that's, that's one thing I think um, we've always tried to do is that just surround yourself with it's like it's like a hockey team. If you you know, like surround yourself with good, hardworking, talented people, good content's gonna come out of that. You know what I mean? Where yeah. we knew if we had you, Biz, Wit, RA, you know, Merles, Colby, we knew if we had all these guys, Brian Burke up Brian on stage. Burke. Brian Burke. Brian Burke. Believe like we, it. We we knew that great content was going to come. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what's funny? I don't know if I ever told you this. So me and Berkey were the last two downstairs, right? Like when first we went down, just to give listeners a mental image, so we're at Carnegie fucking Hall, first of all, right? The, the week before was like, I forget, it was a play. I think it was Hamlet. And then like the Philly Symphony Orchestra was there the week before that. I remember talking to the security guys and they, cause they could see the beers going out and the people filing in were rowdy. They were like, this might be a little bit different. But we went downstairs and there was like a buffet, fridges, beers, everything. And there was all kinds of people, their, their girlfriends, everybody you just mentioned, uh, People, uh, members of the press, uh, friends. But as, as time went on, it went later and later, and I went on last. So I don't know why. I guess it was because you guys did your thing, and then I'd, I'd done a little bit of stand-up before. I had like a little, I'm like, if you want, I can go on last. I, I can't remember how it came to that because it never should have been, but I ended up going on last. So me and Berkey were the last two, the very last two downstairs, and we could hear you guys. I was a little bit nervous. I turned off the music and everything. You can literally hear the buzzing of the, of the light. And he just looks over and he goes, well, if we're the last two and I'm on next, you must be somebody. <laughs> so I said, Oh, cool. He doesn't know who I am. Uh, why would he? And then anyway, I said, I was the eighth overall pick in 95. I've met you before briefly, like, you know, here and there after games down under. Uh, anyway, I remember meeting him a, a couple of times and he just looks and he goes, no, wait. And I went to tell him and he goes, no, wait. And he waited like two minutes. And then he looked over, he goes, he goes, yeah, Michelle Terrian. I won't say, but, but he goes, Michelle Terrian, too bad, man. Sometimes you just get a raw deal. And I was like, he, you know, in other words, he said so much without saying it. And I said, okay, have a good show. And then they went, Brian Burke. And he went up, he goes, good luck, Terry. And we went on, it's just, oh, just that's enough. awesome. It was that's one awesome. little sentence and I was like, Fucking rights. And then when I went on, I was going on, I winked over at him. Haven't talked to him since. I didn't even see him after. It was too much of a hoopla. But what that was guy. great. I loved yeah, it. That yeah, that was awesome that he came by. The whole crew, was, that was so much fun. One of the best nights hey, of awesome my life. that he came by. Can you imagine if you're in the crowd? You didn't even advertise that. Yeah. Just to add Brian Burke, it'd be like going to see Rolling Stones and ACDC coming out at the end. I know. Like, it was fucking, you know, know. he could have sold, sold out the place himself. And he's just a little caveat that you got on the side. I know. Shout out to Jen Bellano from the Penguins for making that happen. That was incredible. Wow. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Um, what guests haven't you had on, but uh, but you want to? Mario Lemieux, Brett Hall. Um, Mario Lemieux, Brett Hall. There's so many. There's so many names, That's but I think great. in terms I mean, of big names, Mario Lemieux and, and Brett Hall, Bobby Orr, Bobby Orr as well. Yeah, I mean, God, look I mean, at Bobby was Wit's agent too. So like, there's there's probably so many stories that we could t we could talk about with him. Yeah, that would be crazy. And side note, 
It's so, I hate comparing eras because so much is different. And like, I went back the other day, like I forced myself to watch the best athletes in history just so I know what's going on. Like not just there either. I watched one on Babe Ruth the other day and I forgot. Babe Ruth, you know, it was big when Maris beat him for the 61 home runs and everything. He had 60, but the year Ruth had 60, the second place guy had 14. That, <laughs> he, whoa, you're going, oh like that's God. relative dominance, right? That's insane. I, often say that I had he, no idea that. It's crazy. And when you look at it, it was every year. Like the first year he had like 50. The next person had nine. And people for, like, didn't like forget that he was pitching too. He was pitching. He just took himself out because he couldn't get enough at bats. I mean, it's crazy. I don't care what era it is that that level of dominance uh, is like I, I often say with the McDavid and Gretzky, I, I, I get it. I get that the go and I, I love Connor McDavid, God, especially as a Canadian. I want to see him in a Canadian jersey soon, though. Um, I mean, Team Canada, not Montreal. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just I I find it hard to compare because yes, the goalies weren't as good, and of course, but you know, it, I mean, you could you take there was hooking and holding. There wasn't three on three overtime, but I'm just saying it was Lemieux, Gretzky, or or Jagger, and Jagger, I think two. The boys were hurt, but it was Lemieux or Gretzky for almost two decades straight. So I don't care if you get 50 points or 500 points, you know, what if you win it every year, I, I think it's relative dominance and it, it's hard to say who's better because so many things were different. Look at the bat Babe Ruth was using. And I know the players weren't as technically robotic and, 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 and trained, but nobody was. And, and yeah, I, I like to like, it's tough. Cause I like to say like, what the best the best player I've ever seen. Not yeah. the best not the best player ever. I like to say like the best player I've ever seen. Cause I didn't get to see I mean, like I didn't get to see Gretzky play that much. I didn't get to see Lemieux play that much. I was so young, you know what I mean? So like yeah. it's tough. I couldn't sit there and it would be me faking it if I sat there and was like, Wayne Gretzky is a bet is way better than Sydney. Like I, all I've seen is Sidney Crosby dominate. I've seen uh, Connor McDavid dominate. I've seen Nick mm -hmm. Lindstrom be the best defenseman I've ever. Like these are things that I've seen and I know. But to go, yeah, to to your point about like I I can't speak on prior generations just because I feel like it's like irresponsible. It's like I I don't. Unless it's such an obvious stat, like you just said with Babe Ruth, where he hit sixty, the next guy hit fourteen. But if we're we're comparing two guys that like, it's like I don't know, it's a toss up. It's like who am I to talk on that? You know? Yeah, no, totally. Um, hey, it's it's all subjective. That's why it all it makes for great talk, right? Because you can't really prove anything, and we're talking about the best players ever. And I actually I always uh, digress and cut myself off. But what I was going at with Orr is that I watched it, boy. If you watch him skating around with the puck, there's still nothing like it. There's still, he was so far ahead. He would go into the zone and come back, put everybody off sides, and then they'd get, and he'd come back and train in and, and score like consistently. He had the puck. I don't know. There was no analytics then for like time with the puck, but oh my God, this guy was incredible. And he was the to one man penalty kill, as my dad used to say. Like he would just oh, kill man. penalties by himself. It's so far above everything that it's hard. How do you compare that with Gordie Howe to have that strength, longevity, and Art Ross trophies and Hart trophies? 
and to Gretzky and Lemieux, who were so great, but they were di- they were both shooting from different ways, really creative, but still they were a little bit different. And then you take today's McDavid, which is you know got the, the the fitness combined with all of it, and is putting up those kind of numbers in relative terms. So it's all it's all hard. But what's going to be did- crazy though, Tr, is when yeah. AI technology comes in and they're able to like create like. Wayne Gretzky playing one-on-one versus Connor McDavid in like an actual AI, like with their real yeah. skills. Like we're going to be able to like watch shit like that. Someday. It's fucking crazy it's where we're nuts, going, man. Like just think electricity has only been on the go for like 150 years, not even like, and this is where we are. It's like, it's you know, fucking wild, man. Where are we going to be in a hundred years is crazy, but but I mean, in five we might be there. It's um, crazy. I mean, even what we're doing right now, like we're recording essentially yeah. what you what needed to be done in the same room. We're hundreds and hundreds of yeah. miles away from each other, and we're able to record a, a podcast that looks like we're in the same room with each other. And my ancestors, not going back too far, their worry at night was like, hopefully, I don't get eaten by a lion or my kid doesn't, <laughs> you know. And here we are, and I'll complain. That like something will happen today, and I I will complain about it. Oh, it's you know, or whether in a, I, in, I complain in that my snowing. girlfriend got uh didn't get Jeff peanut butter. She got like Skippy yeah. peanut butter, and she's like, That's "Are, are you like it, yeah. you're a dickhead?" And I'm like, "Well, I, I love Jeff." <laughs> and like we're, we're like a hundred years ago, my ancestors, yeah, same shit. We're in England, probably like lugging shit from place to place. Um. Speaking of Lemieux and Gretzky, so I played one game against each. Gretzky was exhibition. I had a great fight with Todd Harvey. It was a great fight. But he had a hat trick. Uh, but Lemieux, it was his last, like, it was the first iteration of his actual going out retirement game. I didn't get one shift, so I had front row seats. But it was um, against, well, geez, it was in Montreal, and he had four. And the fourth one was out of the corner, like like that Drysdale shot, like from yep. behind the net. Like off, before anybody was even thinking of that. You know, when sticks were five times as heavy. But he was like, Gretzky scored the three, but it was his last year. And it was like Johnny on the spot. I know it was Gretzky. But See, Lemieux let, was Lemieux. Like let I me saw ask, Lemieux be Lemieux. Yeah. As someone who you, I know, like you are a fan of the game of hockey mm-hmm. through and through. Were there ever times where when you're on the ice, you get starstruck? Like when you're skating, like... I, I think about this all the time. Like when I'd be skating to the puck and my brain would be in so many different places as to not thinking about getting the puck and what I'm going to do with it. But like, would yes. you ever be like skating to the puck and like Gretzky's on the ice and you're like, Oh my God, that's Wayne Gretzky right there. I remember back in 1989, he did that. Like, or are you just like, were you just focus, 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 hockey, hockey, hockey. I love how you naturally flipped it around, by the way. That's the sign of a true uh, interviewer there. It's a good, good job. And uh, it's a great question. And no, I never I never got used to it. I mean, there was time. I, I remember getting comfortable and being proud that I was like, I found the other levels, junior, AHL, and I was real successful at those levels. Um, I, I found there would be mistakes. I could jump on them. There was in the NHL. Again, it got cut early, but I, I played enough and enough exhibition to know that I started – I was like – it was like a, I was a cog in a wheel that was just happening, though. Like the puck would be where I'm supposed to be, and if I'm not there, fuck up. Recky would be there. Mark Recky would play the off wing, 
and just throw it my way. Just don't think about it. Just fucking throw it. And I'm when we're breaking out, I'm going to be there or throw it. It was like that. It was like the whole thing was happening. And I remember being real proud to be. But yes, the play would be happening. And my first actual regular season game was against the fucking Legion of Doom. And, my, and I started the game. And I was like, holy shit, that's Eric Lindros. I couldn't get used to that. But it was a lot of fun. And um, to answer your like, it was hard for me for the first two camps to look at any of it objectively. It was like, I'm in the Montreal Canadiens room. This is nuts. I'll tell you something funny. I went out. I saw my name on the, on the wall. My first whole camp, and I wish these guys, so the guys who drafted me were Serge Sabard and Jacques Demers. And they really, really liked me. And I went through, I mean, they got fired with the Patrick Waugh thing like three months later, and my career went the way of the dodo. But before that, and I went through all camp, and I remember saying to myself, like, I can't make myself go out and score, but I can make myself work hard, and I can grab Donald Brashear or somebody. And I just look at myself in the mirror and go, go do, like, I would psych myself up. And Jacques Demers loved it. And at the end of camp, he laughed, and he said, look, you're going back to junior, but you got a lot of balls. And I love, and I told him what it, my, my philosophy, and he goes, I kind of agree. Uh, so he said, um, try city or starting tomorrow night. Would you rather play at home against the Bruins? It was the last two exhibition games. It wasn't any of these bullshit like inner squad or it was right at the end. He said, Ray, I know you're a his history fan. My dad has a history degree, as you know, and he, he knew this. <clears throat> so I said, okay, so I, 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 I'm going out. I'm actually getting ahead of myself. So as he put me with Turjan and Recky in, in like the two games previous, I come out, I see my name, and I'm kind of nervous. I'm like, now i got to go out and play with these guys. And Mark Recky comes over as I'm coming out, and I open the gate to go on the ice, and he goes, hi, I'm Mark Recky. They call me Rex. And I was so nervous. I was just in the room puking, and I got out, and I had puke on the side of my mouth, and I went to get at it, and I slipped and I went backwards, and I'm, I'm I'm laying, looking up at him with the door open to the box, and I go, "Yeah, I'm I'm Terry Mark Rex, um, <laughs> and they, and you can call me Roof. I got Ryan and Noof. They everybody called me Noof at that point, not Tier, and I got Ryan and, and and Noof mixed up. And I said, "You can call me Roof." Sure enough, we go out to play. Patrick was in. I shoot one. I have no idea where it's going. I have none. I don't. I can't tell you. Like I scored on Patrick Waugh because, like, I tried that. I came down and just winged one off the wing. I had no idea. I'm, I'm out there skating around, get it, dump it in, but it just came to me, and I scored it at the top corner. And they're like, "Hey, now we know why they call you Roof." And everybody was calling me, and I was like, "Man, I just fucked up phonetically." Roof. And I'm gonna call you Roof from now on. <laughs> I had fucking puke in my side of my head, but I love anyway. That. That's it. And not only that, they put me out against the Bruins with those guys. Puck comes out of the corner, hits my skate, bounces in. I oh. snipe. I'm going, no way. And then Steve Leach was looking for a contract, 32 years old. I'm 18. And the boys, because I, I said to Odeline, I'm like, you know, who fights out here? Like, I just want to get her going. And I and I slashed him. We fought. And that was how it led to the tie Domi. Jock Demers came to me after the game and said, man, do you want another game? You're going to miss Tri-City's first two games now, but if you want, you can play tomorrow night in, in uh, Leaf Gardens. That's, that's unbelievable. Fought, fought that's incredible. Me. Welcome to your interview. <laughs> <laughs> We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with promo code THPN. 
New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. With promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, the crown is yours. Again, that's promo code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, L.A., 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply so death row meal you're on death row you got one thing you can have a big meal you can combine some stuff but you can't have like lasagna soup cereal and steak you got to pick something and go with it Oh, so I I got to pick one thing. It's your death row meal. Yeah. I would either pick my mom's chicken broccoli ziti, which is incredible. I knew you were going to say something local. I knew it. There's Boston Boston Bostonians are a lot like Newfoundlanders. Go ahead. Or or for my uh, fellow Bostonians out there, they'll understand this. Wings and skins from the ninety nine half gold fever, half buffalo. It's it's the best everyone out everyone in boston knows what i'm talking about but uh okay. I, I would probably say it would be uh the chicken broccoli ziti for my mom okay i'm gonna check that place too when i come down there um superpower you have one superpower what would it be um one superpower would be to read people's minds i think that would be insane if i could do that it would it would save me a lot of conversations it would it would just save a ton of awkwardness and you take over the world. If you could take over the world, if you can read people's minds, you know, I absolutely love your answer. Uh, two of them, the death row meal and the superpower. I ask everybody who comes on and, uh, most people say flying or invisibility reading minds, I think is way underrated. First of all. And I like that you said something different. I knew you would because uh, then I'm flying under the radar. Like people don't know I have this superpower, right? <laughs> Like I yeah. can just I can just be like a nor- if I'm flying from place to place or I'm, I'm invisible I'm gonna be like uh, like that Will Smith movie where he's the he's the famous superhero I don't want to be faint I just want to rot slide under the radar and slide under the minds. radar with your knowledge yeah with my knowledge like, with my brain like like Biff in Back to the Future too exactly you know who's gonna win all the games exactly um, you're a DJ okay you got no choice. You get fired from Chicklets. Something disastrous happens the next two months, but someone calls from, uh, let's say you're on, you're you're vibing in New York City. You stay in New York City, but now you're a DJ. Um, you got to pick a name. Is it MG Funk, Chick Daddy G, MC Big Deal, or Funk Master Chicklet? What was the first one? MG Funk. MG Funk, hundred percent. I love MG Funk. I love okay. that. There you go. I'm Roof and you're MG Funk. I love that. Uh, your favorite athlete ever non-hockey? Tom Brady. No question. I would. I, there was a point. I almost got kicked out of my college graduation from uh, I was so pissed drunk 
Um, and but I kept it was when Tom Brady was suspended. So I kept yelling free Brady, free Brady, like during people's speeches. And I was so drunk. And finally, one of the administrators came over to me and was like, if you yell free Brady one more time, we're kicking you out of here. And I took a step back and I'm like, I don't think they're going to kick me out of here. Like I, it's my college graduation. So I was like free Brady and they didn't kick me out. But that was the last one. So but definitely Tom Brady. There's some stats in sports that are fucking incredible. I like Gretzky having more assists than anybody else has points, is one of them. Um, but I, I, just he, Brady has more Super Bowls than the next team, and the team is his. Yeah, like, don't an, you find that crazy? Uh, another crazy one is he's never taken a snap mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Every snap he's taken has he's always had a chance to win. I didn't know that, and now I'm going to add that to the repertoire. I'm learning it's as crazy. much as I'm hosting here. Um, you're on a rocket ship to Mars. One of your chicklets boys got to be a chef, and one got to be a DJ. Who's who? You're going to be gone like six months, three months there, three months back. Your technology has improved. Our rocket ships go a bit faster, but it's a six-month trip. So this is serious. I, I would one say minute. biz is the chef just because biz would keep us healthy. He'd keep us fit. Um, I feel like that would be important in space travel. And then the DJ who biz was a great DJ. Yeah. Fuck. I'm going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to make, I'm going to switch this up. I'm going to make biz the DJ and I'm going to make Merle the chef because Merle's been all over the world. Right. I'm sure he knows cuisines yeah. from Korea, Thailand, Bangladesh, all these different places. So I'm I'm taking Merle's as my chef. Interesting. Good call. Uh you are oh, finish this sentence. You're almost done, by the way. Spitting chicklets oh, is Spitting Chicklets is the most powerful hockey brand in the world. Fucking right. Now I gotta ask you about Chicklets Cup before you go. Uh, how do you guys look? I know for our ball hockey squad, um, we'll I'll talk about it on your pod a little later today. Are you going to be uh, rolling with the rolling guys again? And how do you guys look? So a little different this year. Um, and I'm going to explain this on Chicklets, but there won't be a barstool team this year uh, for, in the roller division. What we're actually going to do is, um, you know, we're going to try and auction some of us off to play on different teams in the Chicklets Cup and then donate that money to charity. Um, so I feel great. I think I'm going to do a great job. I think Merle will be good. Colby, um, chief if he plays, but, um, yeah, no Barcelona team. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm putting all my time and energy though, into the big deal selects, whether it's opening a door for you guys, whether it's just giving you guys water, whether I'm stick boy, I, I feel a championship is coming that nose face. Fuck his time is done. The boys are coming for for a, a Chicklets Cup championship. It's time. Hey, you know what's funny, Nose Face? So I'm at the Worlds, or a, a month ago, as you know, without anybody listening, it's, I, I've told the story a thousand times, so I won't get into it, but or, I mean, <clears throat> about being at the Worlds. But anyway, so we're playing against Portugal, and it's two to one, and we're on the power play, and a guy comes in and like hams it up. And I get a penalty, like on the power play, and it's a close game. Portugal's pretty good, right? Because they, um, a lot of them are dual citizenship Canadians, and there's enough over there, like people, you know, ball yeah. hockey 
is more worldwide than ice hockey, obviously, because you need the ice. So they're good. Like, they've beaten us before. Not a pushover. And anyway, I get the penalty, and I go to the box, and the kid in the box says, hey, that referee who just threw you in here, do you know who his brother is? I go, no. He goes, he's that nose face killer from the Chicklets. And no. I went, what? Oh, yeah. Now, I, then I went out, and we, <laughs> I like, Got in his grill a little bit, just screwing around. He came over after. We had a beer. We had a great chat. Oh, Ryan, hilarious. His name is. That was hilarious. Uh, I'm I'm so excited for this Chicklets Cup, man. It's going to be so much fun. There's yeah. going to be so many new things that we're adding, we're bringing in. It's it's going to be a blast. I got. Some, How do you think uh, the squad's going to look? Good. I think it is. We we got well. Pender's in as good a shape as he's ever been in. We got Bish as like Biz likes to call him the troll. We got Connor's coming back. Connor was had a torn rotator cuff for a little bit. He's been really training hard the last month. Um, so he'll be good to go. Got a couple of young players. Jack Keogh, right from Team Canada, 22 years old, from Newfoundland. You needed a little youth, I feel like. That's what, yeah, uh, and that's, that's where I went. You know, and I, I, we just won the Masters. I got Team Canada there. But I'm like, guys, look, it's already, I mean, Pender's in his 30s, mid-30s. Uh, you know, Bish is 40-odd. You got me. Um Connor's what Connor's like 30, but we we did. We needed a little bit of youth. So and I'd taken Kevin Reed as well, Connor's right hand man. So listen, I got it played out. I got Connor with Kevin Reed, and they've played together for a long time. They're one two. Me and Bish have played together for a long time. Just finished up in the top five scores again at the at the Masters Worlds. And then we got Bobby Hauser. You remember Hauser? Oh yeah. But you know who I took? I took Hauser's right-hand man for the last 20 years since they're, they're teenagers, uh, Danny Schlegel. He played on the team that we beat in, in the shootout. He was Oh, he, I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. Hauser were their best players. So I got him, Hauser, Connor, uh, Kevin, me, Bish. And then we'll go from there. And we got some – I got some guys there uh, – like I said, Keo for insurance. Because what happens is that we might get an injury or something, and then we're yeah, short. Yeah, you never know. You never know. So I've got uh, Keo, and I've got the goalie. We got is Aaron Keela, and he won the national championships here in Canada with the Brampton Midnight Express. Wow. I watched him. Now I would have, I wasn't going to bail on Mosher, but Mosher got a wedding that weekend, and he couldn't come. So I didn't. Mosher was awesome last time too. He really was, and he yeah, thrived in those situations. I had to think about that too because people say they want to do it, but playing goal and that is different. It's the people that, like it's three on three. There's a lot of shots. It's not just being in shape; it's being ready, and it's just wanting to do it. We got like L luckily for the goalies though. This time it's October, not July, so they'll it'll be a lot cooler for them. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Last time was it was oh, so God. I felt so bad. Not only that. I remember looking up and seeing 34 degrees Celsius on my phone. It's I'm dripping. You couldn't get the water, the ice water fast enough. Imagine and being in head-to-toe goalie equipment too. I, I would I would have died. I can't. I really can't. Yeah. And not only that, we go to the worlds and we generally go and get bombed like on the on the Sunday and let's say it starts on Tuesday and then we get bombed at the end, win or lose, right? Um, better when you win. But at Chicklets, it's like, you know, we're here. We got Big Deal Brewing. We got some Pink I mean, it, it, yeah. Pink Whitney. It's understood that the group is going to drink. Everybody's going to drink. So I mean, I'm not just saying us. I'm saying so like everybody out there are 
dying. So this will be a little bit. I mean, the ones I've played so far have been Vegas and Buffalo in July. So this will be a little bit different. I'm looking yeah, forward to it. This will be great, it. man. Uh, okay. I really, uh, MG, I got one more question for you. And I'll see you in a few hours on Chicklets. All-time team. Okay, now, you're to say there's $100,000 in the, in the middle. One of us is going to get it. My team against your team. This is hypothetical. Everybody's in their prime. But you can't pick. So you need three, three forwards, 2D, and a goalie. But you can't pick any Habs. You can't pick Gretzky, Lemieux, or Gretzky, Lemieux. Or or how, and that's it. You can't pick Gretzky, Lemieux, or or how, or any former Canadians. So we're All drafting. Time. We're going head to head. You pick one. I pick one. No, let's just say you're picking your team. I'm just curious who you'd uh, who do you'd pick. <sighs> I was giving you the hypothetical, but you can any, take it can be it can be anyone out there. And yeah? again, we don't have to be nitpicky about centers. I know that yeah, you can pick three forwards. You know, forwards, in their prime, center, centermen should be able to play wing. I would think. In their primes. You know, I love, this is so Boston biased, but I love that Team Canada line that they've had for, they've we've seen play together, that Bert, uh, Crosby with Bergeron and Marchand. I love yeah. that. Throw Lindstrom and Bork on D. That's a team for me right there. Beauty picks, and who's your goalie? Tim Thomas, 2011. Spoken like a true fan <laughs> from Boston and a hockey knowledgeable mind because he had an unbelievable year that year. He did. Uh, thank you, my friend. Do you have anything else to plug, anything else to say before I see you in a few hours on your very own podcast? No, Chicklets Cup is open to the public. Uh, it's something a lot, a lot of people don't know. It's Friday, Saturday, uh, October 6th and 7th. Uh, after the tournament on the 7th, we're going to be doing a big Dirty Honey concert. It's going to be so much fun we have so many different things planned so come by we're gonna have tons of merchandise to sell uh like basically triple what we've had in, in, in years past uh ra is gonna be shooting hoops it's it's gonna be awesome so come by ra is uh, gonna be seven. shooting hoops my favorite clip of the last year hey tr isn't it so funny and, I, and we can leave it on this but the most viral clip spit and chicklets has ever had in our six seven seven eight year history <laughs> is RA shooting a basketball? Not, I didn't, I didn't not, that. not Gretzky telling a hockey story, or Charles Barkley, or or Biz at Chicklets Cup. It's RA shooting a basketball. Oh, there's so much to unpack. He really had me where I really thought I was going to see some dangling there. I thought I was going to see some play. It was uh, t it was so funny. We were at the uh, we were at the All Star game or. Yo, we're at the the draft, I think, and we walked by Shane Doan and Brendan Shanahan. They got off the elevator, and uh, they just looked right at RA and were like, "Shanahan, this is Brendan Shanahan." You know what I mean? Hockey <laughs> Hall of Famer looks right at RA and he's like, "RA, what's going on, man, with the basketball shot?" And we were just like, "This is so crazy!" Like, like there was probably a, a Toronto Maple Leafs boardroom where they're just like, "All right, boys, like, let's start from the talk. We got to talk about Rear Admiral's basketball <laughs> shot." I love it. I love it. That's why Chicklets is Chicklets. Uh, thanks, my friend, for doing this today. I really appreciate it. I'll see you in a few hours on Spit and Chicklets. On that note, we will say adios. Adios. Mike.
Grinnell, the man they call Grinelli. Folks, if you're downtown St. John's and you want to have a beer, stop into the Bull and Barrel, Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Greensleeves Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, or the Martini Bar. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, do it at Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or Wedgwood Cafe. Wedgwood Cafe also open for your catering needs. If you want to work out, change your life, strength and balance for the body and mind. Ryan Power, power conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. If you want to go to Mr. Lube, why not stop by two locations in St. John's? Torbay Road, Kenmount Road, Live, Laugh, Lube, Pitbull Pain Relief. The pain sticks that just don't quit. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com. And True Hockey, of course, take what's yours. Folks, I'll be back in just a couple of days with more Tales with TR. I'll catch you guys on the rebound. <laughs>